0: Good morning. There's some people not at the ladies' retreat, which is good. Thank you for being here. If you were wondering, there's about 60 women doing the same thing right now at Camp Nakaman. And so, uh, will you bless them? But here we are. But uh, this morning, let's enter into the Spirit. You can already tell that even the sound of what's going on, right now is important just feels important to me and so as men sometimes it's easy to hide behind our wives or easy to kind of lay back but we have a responsibility just like anyone else to align ourselves with the spirit of god to align ourselves with heaven And if we want to see things changed in our families and in our world around us, it is going to take the posture of people aligning themselves with the sound of heaven, aligning themselves with the ways of heaven, aligning themselves with the Spirit of God, and being led led beyond wisdom of men, being led beyond the wisdom that the earth can come up with. And you know what? We have access to that realm. We have access to that spirit. You know, it doesn't, we were talking before, it's the sin that we hold on to, the the things that kind of cling to us, we are allowed to let go of it. We're allowed to let go of it and enter right in fully to his presence. It was an old system. It was a religious system that said, no, you have to do this and this and this and this and this before you can ever come in to his presence. But last time I checked, we don't get washed up, cleaned up, before we get into the shower. We let the shower do the work. Did you get that picture? It's redundant to clean up before you get in the shower. And so the weight and the things of the world that we've allowed to kind of cling to ourselves, we get in the shower and we say, you know what? I'm washing this off so I can enter into a new place. So Lord, we pray this morning that the weight of those things, the mud on the boots, so to speak, that we would kick those off and be able to run fully into your spirit, that we'd be able to run into what you have here this morning. Into your presence is where I belong. Into your presence, through that open door in heaven, saying, hey, I am a son and a daughter of the king. I have access to this place. Lord, we pray right now that we would access that realm, that we would access that place. All the people in this room right now, Let's stand together. Maybe you're like, well, how do I do that? Just start to use your mouth. Pray in the Spirit. Everybody now, just start to use your mouth and just allow yourself to be brought in. It's like when someone invites you over for dinner. You have to respond and say, yeah, I'll come. Should I bring anything? The Lord says right now, come as you are. Come as you are and watch what I've prepared for you. But the idea is, we must now go somewhere, and using our sound and using our mouth is like walking towards the place we have to go. And so, continue releasing a sound from your from your voice, and watch where the Lord takes you this morning. We're going to worship now. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you that you're glorious. I say right now that you are above all other gods. That There is none that can even compare closely to you. That anything held up to you just is pale in comparison. And that true light and true beauty pours forth from your being. You are glorious. And I worship you right now. In spirit and in truth, I worship you. Because you are worthy of all I have to give. And so I give it now from the depth of me from the depth of my heart, from the depth of my being, from the depth of my spirit, I say that You are glorious. You are holy. You are worthy. There is none like You. Thank You, Lord. Keep worshiping now. We're going to take a few minutes to just enter into this place. Lord, we say You are worthy. And I'm seeing many things at the moment. I'm seeing things in the government, things in structures around the world and these structures need to know the worthiness of God they need to know who God is and we might sit here this morning and think okay what what is it really doing me just saying that worthy what is it doing me actually participating in this does it have any effect it has effect See, what's going on right now is part of the world is turning. The place right here in our midst is turning. And it's facing the glory of God. And if we actually want to see change in our economic structures, if we want to see shifts in our governments, in our education system, in the families around the world, if we want to see that shift, then we must turn and face the glory of God. And as we stand here today and turn and face that glory, that is being released. It is being manifested. It is being brought forth into the earth right now, right before us. And so, yes, it is valid. Yes, it has a point. And yes, your effort and your involvement in that is changing something right now. But the larger picture beyond the realm of just what I'm doing is what is God doing right now? What is He trying to illuminate in the earth? What is He trying to reveal? Is He just trying to reveal that there's good people around? Or is He trying to reveal His nature and His character and His worthiness through the people right in this room right now? See, I believe it's the second. I believe He's trying to release who He truly is through us right now. And as we give in to that, as we release that, the world starts to shift. Yes, it might seem small at first. Yes, it might seem like a small circle of influence right now. But let me tell you, as the day of the Lord draws closer and closer you will see more and more and more of what the effect you've had releasing this on the earth will be. You know, it's so easy for us to sit back and wait. So easy for us to lay back and let the days and nights pass before our eyes. I mean, we've done that for decades already. Generations have let that happen. What if there was a people that would say, enough, no more. We want to enter fully into what God has prepared right now. What if there was those people that would stand up and say, no, my God is worthy. He is worthy. And build a connection between heaven and earth to fulfill the prayer that said your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven God we want to be those people and so we say you are worthy you are worthy you are glorious you are worthy we let ourselves be caught up in your beauty we say you are worthy come on let's tell them Tell them like you've never told them before. You are worthy, oh God. You
1: are worthy of my praise. Just right now, I think there's some of us that struggle at this point because we look at our personal journeys and there's elements within our personal journeys where we don't feel worthy to come into this place today. And God is saying that when I died on the cross, I broke all of that for you and that you can actually come into this place, and as you come into my presence right now, as you call on my name, things shift, things change. In fact, God right now is saying this is the one place you can come to. This is the one place that you can come and lay all down. You can come just as you are. You don't have to prefabricate anything. You don't have to shift anything before you walk in the door, but you get to walk in the door today. The very person that you are. And right now you get to bring that to the throne room of God. And so God is saying, don't discredit yourself because of where you stand at this moment. He's telling you to break past that stuff. Those things that hold you down. He is a worthy God. He is an amazing God. And right now, in order to break those chains, he's saying, stand up move forward call on my name declare me as Lord I will break the chains I will break the barriers so right now push past whatever barriers are holding you back because of God you are worthy so come before him now come before him now father break those barriers break those walls break those mindsets we can come before you now we can call you God we can call you amazing. We can call you awesome. God, break through those things now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. I just want us to do something right now. Just feel like this is a moment right now where God wants us to break through in something in our life and in our journey. And the words I kept hearing as I was standing there was, It's finished. It finished. It's finished. And I almost could see into every single one of your situations. And I can hear the Lord saying, don't you realize it's already finished. It's already finished. It's already done. It's already taken care of. And the image I got was of a hockey game. Think about this. Think about going into a hockey game where you already know the final score. And the final score is you're going to win 11 to 10. But the other team doesn't necessarily know that going into the game. And you get on the ice, and the other team is up 9 to 2. And they start hitting you into the corner. And they start mocking you, and they start laughing at you. But we get to laugh in our enemy's face because we know the final score. We win! We win! And in every situation right now that we're going through, you're sitting in it going, am I going to overcome it? Yes, you are. We win. That's the end. That's how it ends. We win. So we can stand before the Father right now. We can call on His name. We can worship Him because we will overcome regardless of what it is. So this morning, let's declare our love and our worship for the Father Because it is finished. We win, regardless of what's going on.
0: What Chris is talking about is a certainty in who God is. Faith. Faith. We know that it's impossible to please God without it. But it's also impossible to overcome the things that are trying to overcome us without it. But what is that very thing? What is that seed of faith? What is that? Well, the scripture says that faith starts like a mustard seed. And usually that's where we end. We're like, well, I have a mustard seed. I can throw a mountain into a sea. Well, what it means is that seed must grow. That seed must be planted in something. That seed must have time to mature. And eventually that will become a mighty tree. Well, the seed right now is you. It's the faith that you have that you believe. Okay, God, I believe, is worthy. I believe God is better than anything else. But now, my life is here and it's raging on and it seems like this little seed I have can't overcome that. Well, you know what? Right at the moment, maybe not. But you take that seed... And you start to plant it in the truth of God, in His Word, in releasing your spirit in a time like this, in believing who He is and who He has, what that He has overcome, that, he st- that Jesus was on the cross and said, it is finished. As you start to believe in those things, that seed starts to grow. And the taller and taller it gets, the further and further away you, the storm that's raging becomes. And no longer you find yourself in the midst of it. You find yourself from a perspective of God. And God's perspective is always above our perspective. His perspective is always above the world's perspective. And it comes from a letting go of the earthly wisdom. It comes from letting go of the things that hold us here. And a latching on to his spirit. A latching on to his word and his truth. Because his truth will set you free. It'll set you free. And so we come time and time again to this place. It seems like we go around the mountain over and over and over. God, again this thing is in my face. And again and again and again he says, Look, I've created for you a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Set your eyes upon me. Set yourself upon me. And I will lead you to where I need you to be. God, right now, one last time today, we set our eyes fully on you. We say that you are worthy. You are greater than all things combined. You alone are worthy. I humble myself before you. And I say you are my God. You are my king. Lead me into victory. Lead me into your truth. I stand on your word. You know, there's, a few hundred years ago, um, they didn't have the world mapped out, right? In fact, many people believed the world was flat. They believed that there is an edge that you can go off. So, don't go there. There's a place that it is just, you will die if you go to this, this, this edge. You literally, you'll fall off it. But there was men that said, I don't really believe that the world is flat. I don't really believe that there is an edge. In fact, I believe that there's probably another land just like this one we're in right now, but maybe better. A land flowing with milk and honey, so to speak. And so these men set out, and they weren't praised or heralded. They were probably called crazy. Wow, you are nuts. You realize you and everybody with you is going to die, right? You realize that no matter how far you go or what you think is out there, it's not out there and you're going to drown. Or in their case, they thought you're going to get eaten by a dragon. (laughs) But these men set out with a crew and a ship and they set out into the abyss of nothingness, just water for all around you where you could see. And they just kept sailing and sailing and sailing. And you ever think there, like, you think the whole crew the whole time was like, yeah, you go, Captain. We're with you. Maybe for the first few months. And then it's like, well, I don't know about this. We're getting pretty far out there now. And I think we're lost. Hey, Ben, I think we're lost. But these men decided, I'm going to keep going because there's nothing for me back there. I've abandoned it all. I've, I've, I've let it all go, and I'm going into something new. More than a conqueror. And so what if today there was men and women that felt the same way? well, the world's been explored, more or less. Well, let's go to space. It's not what we're talking about. (laughs) I'm talking about something more real than both space and the earth. I'm talking about a place more real than anything we've ever seen before. The things that we can touch, the things that we can feel. I'm saying that there's a place more real than that. See, I feel as one of those explorers saying, no, there is more. There is something real that we can grab hold of. And what has that taken us? I mean, I've been told that for a long time as well and something in me had to break. Something in me had to change. I had to come to a conclusion of some sort. And this is what it was. It was that maybe, maybe, people see more than me. When they say that there's actually something else, when they say that there's actually something more real, maybe they're right. And I had to come to the conclusion of realizing that I now can't be my own lead. I must rely on the lead of something else. What I'm saying today is, God for generations, for thousands of years, has been saying, there is a place beyond. There is a place flowing with milk and honey. And it wasn't just talking about the promised land. You see, those were pictures to reveal to us the real truth. Is that God is here right now. And that men and women can access His presence. That men and women can touch something more real than anything else. For what purpose? Just so I can feel better? Just so I can get through the day? Or because His desire and His plan the whole time was to have a Garden of Eden here in the earth. Was to have a place where humans and Him could communicate. Where they could walk together and be one on the earth. Was that His plan? Was that His purpose? Nod if you believe it is. Please help me here. This is His plan. This is His purpose. It was always, always, always... To be with us. To stand with us. To walk with us. To speak with us. It was never, never intended to be separate. Hello. It was never intended to be separate. Sin came into the world. And we allowed ourselves to be separated and hidden from God. God now is bringing the church, bringing his body, bringing his creation, his people back into himself so that he might walk with them and spend time in the garden one with another. That's his plan, that's his purpose. And so we talk about things like things we need to overcome, issues of the heart. The depths of that stuff. Why do we talk about that? We're trying to shed light. We're trying to illuminate where we've allowed ourselves to be separated from God. That's why. So that we might be brought back into a fullness of relationship with us and the Father with the bride and the bridegroom. And you know what? There's, and I can feel it rising in this day, men and women that are not satisfied with any level of separation between them and God. And it's rising right now, all over the earth, not just here in Spruce Grove. It's rising all over the earth. And so what we do week after week, time after time, is say, I won't let go. I believe there is a land. I believe that there is a relationship that I can enter into. I believe that I was intended to walk in the garden with God himself. And so every week we gather together, and it's not easy every one of us has something every one of us is dealing with something in the depths of our heart it's true I myself yet he's trying to increase faith I had a massive shift in my life a few, well, a number of years ago. And I remember Nikki, my wife, said, she couldn't really believe that I'd changed. She couldn't really believe it. She's like, well, I know you, like, repented, you did all this stuff, and and, you know, seems like you are, but I don't really believe it. And that's what we do with our, with our sin, isn't it? That's what we do. Well, I know what I'm really like. I should probably whip myself for at least three days before I come and pray again. I should probably do some sort of um, penance, pay some sort of tax to enter back in. That's just a lie. That's just a lie plain old lie you know we could talk about the gospel and the true fact of the gospel is that that price has been paid that price has been paid so I might enter in to a fullness of a relationship with God because sin separates us from God and Jesus' sacrifice closes the gap removes the sin so that then I can now walk with him in the garden once more. Now, where am I going with this? Well, here's the thing. If we really want to know where we are, where the relationship is with, with where I am at right now and how far removed I am from his presence... Then we must allow his light to reveal what's really there. And so I come in here on a morning, a Sunday morning, and I stand here and I start to worship. And I'm reminded of something that I did or said. What's my response in that time? What's my attitude in that time? There's a reason why we must give ourselves fully. There's a reason why we come together and try to release ourselves fully. And the reason is we desire Him to walk on the earth once again at the end of the day. I want Him to walk on the earth once again. the Lord, I pray that the revelation of your truth would come, that your light would reveal the depths
2: The most, the most critical thing in what Jesse's been talking about, and it, and it's so important. And sometimes, even though we say it, and we say it, and we say it, we, m- we, we, we still miss it in our hearts. And I was talking to somebody not that long ago who said, well, "I don't really like coming to church because I always end up feeling guilty." I'm telling you right now, when you, when you get close to the light, there's no doubt you can see the dirt right when you get close to the light you s- you see the stuff that's that's not clean but if our reaction is guilt we're, we're, we're taking it all wrong <laughs> in fact it's like we're getting ready for for the wedding feast right and when you look in the mirror you want the light to shine you want to see where you still got to clean where, where, where there's stuff that isn't isn't quite right but we know he's coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So we know it's okay. He'll clean us up. And the neat thing is, we don't even have to do it ourselves. He's the one who does it. He changes us from the inside. And so anytime if you if you if you, you know, if you're hearing something like this and Jesse speaking prophetically into us about you know really being transformed even and 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 you know the image of, of Christ even if we feel guilty inside, we got to stop ourselves and go, whoa, 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 whoa. How am I taking this? Because guilt is the tool of the enemy. Conviction is the tool of Lord. And this conviction actually motivates change. It doesn't motivate sorrow. It motivates change. It motivates us to say, oh, my goodness, Lord, there's a piece of me that's still unchanged, that's unredeemed. Lord work in that area work in that area So when we're seeing that thing and we say oh my goodness, there's this thing. I want God to change in me But there should be an excitement in behind that there should be an excitement a thing that says he's doing it He's going to do that. He is making me into the image of his son Jesus Christ so never Never allow the guilt If you feel it It's a lie That is
0: perfect. (laughs) Would you like to know about the place in the garden? Would you like to know about that place you can walk? in the garden there's beauty that, like we think we know beauty now. We think we can look at the mountains, and, and I look at them a lot, and I look into the stars, and I look, I look at the land that God has placed before us, and it's beautiful, but there's a garden that God has created that is far beyond what we can imagine even. There's fragrance that you think of a thousand of their favorite smells and they'd come out of one flower. The sunrises, they could seem like they could last for weeks and the dew dripping off the leaves and the mist in the fields and it's beautiful. Beautiful. But I tell you, when you gaze upon the one that walks there with you, everything else looks gray. And you know, men, you've probably, most of you have felt that way about a woman. (laughs) But there was a time in your life where everything else just looked gray around her. And she was vibrant with beauty. And all you could think of was, oh, If I could just spend just a little longer. I'm telling you that that's what God is bringing us into. And so what Jim said is 100% accurate. His light has to come. It has to reveal something in us. But I've you know, there was times when I thought that no Christian should ever have to deal with anything bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> because when bad stuff started to come up out of me, what do you think I felt? Am I even saved? Am I even, am I even a Christian here? But he has to reveal it because he desires to walk in the garden with us. And so what happened was, after years and years, a decade probably, I've now come to love the light that he shines. Like genuinely love the light that he shines. Yes, it's painful for a moment. It really is. It hurts, it stings. I don't like at times that light being shined, actually, any time, when it first gets revealed. But I'll tell you, there's a joy that comes to me because I realize the level of death, the level I lay down that is the level of resurrection I can then walk into. The level and how much closer I can actually walk to that picture of Him and me in the garden. And so I've come to love that light. Love it. So Lord, I pray that there would be that we would all want to love that light even more. Invite that light to come and illuminate even deeper. and Not to be guilted or shamed into some sort of <laughs> action. Well, I'm guilty, so I better stand taller, shout a little louder. It's not what we're talking about. But the freedom that comes with the truth, entering in fully to that, that I shout louder because I'm freer.
3: Psalm 84 says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It is no great skill to be skeptical and critical. It is no great moving forward to say, nah, that's just a bunch of baloney. What Jesse is talking about, like, oh, wow, yeah, real nice, Jesse. That is not a skill you have. That is a lack of skill you have. That is a lack of seeing, not a seeing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're sitting there and Jesse's speaking and you're thinking, yeah, right. That is not a gift. That is not a spiritual from God gift that you're exercising. That is doubt. And it will not lead you someplace. It will lead you nowhere. When David wrote this, Lots of people around him were saying, whoa, David, nice. But the Lord says, David, a man after my own heart. A man who saw something and he's moving towards it. He talks about a beautiful garden. What if he's right and you're sitting there saying, what a bunch of baloney. You're the one who misses out, not him. So, Lord, I'm saying that this is not a company of people that are going to miss out. This is not a company of people that are going to sit back and watch a couple of other people go forward. I'm saying this is a company of people that are filled with courage, filled with boldness, full of optimism, full of looking forward, full of looking thousands of miles across the sea and seeing a new land. And yes, when Christopher Columbus arrived there, they thought they were in India. Whoops! But they were in a new land, and when they came back and gave their reports in Spain and in Italy about the fragrances of the flowers there and the birds there and the gold there and the the unbelievable sights of the rainforest, nobody had a grid for that. Nobody could have met like, what are you making up? But it was true. They had come to a new place. And I'm saying, Lord, that this is a body, this is a house that is going to go to a new place. And I'm saying, Lord, put a change in our hearts. Take that skepticism. Take that critical, no, no, I don't think so. Take that out of us, Lord. Just remove it from us entirely. Just, Lord, just fill us. Fill us, fill us with the heart of the explorer, Lord the heart of the man who looks across the oceans and sees a possibility, sees the opportunity of a new land. Lord, do that in us, we pray.
0: Amen. I believe you all can be an explorer. I really do. In fact, I believe we're called to be that. Maybe if you want to go even more biblical, ambassadors. Well, what do ambassadors do? They head to a different land, a foreign land. I know usually we think, well, it's just to assimilate them to our culture. Well, no. (laughs) Let's just say, hey, what's here? So the exploring ambassadors, yes, I carry the flag of a king. in the spirit I know that he set places for us that we can go you know I'm I love talking about things like prosperity and and, uh, you know that kind of stuff but to me it seems a little low for us not saying that anyone that does talk about that all the time is bad that's not it at all I just think that God is going to release even more than that And so we we want to discover those places tell you for me praying and being in the spirit has revolutionized my life revolutionized it's it's incredible how even a couple hours of prayer, I'll have a completely different perspective before, than, I, when, than when I went into that thing. I'll be like down about like finance stuff and maybe the kids aren't behaving or Nikki's mad at me or <laughs> something. <laughs> and I'll spend just a little while, a little while in that garden and I'll have a different perspective. Of it. And I'll be able to come back. And even if Nikki's mad at me and I've done something wrong, I have a different perspective. And I would just walk in the door now and I say, you know what? I'm sorry. And watching it revolutionize my life, shifting things. Yeah, there's things that need to still be dealt with. That's why we keep doing it. That's why we keep coming back. That's why. <laughs> I'm, keep, I'm still here. But the shift that can take place is astounding. Anyone that's felt that even a little bit, you know what I'm talking about. You know, like, yeah, I have felt that before. I have got a different perspective at one time. Well, I'm telling you, what if the perspective that even we have that was from God, what if there was an even greater one? There is. (laughs) There's many. (laughs) So we must realize this is a journey. Yes. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's hardship. Yes, there is more than just a bump in the road at times. But that there's been a place prepared for us that we access via a real way, more real, more real than anything else we could do. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, like, I have to go so they can send you the helper. And that's pretty incredible. you got to remember, this is by the Spirit now. The bridge between here and heaven. And so, all this we do by the Spirit. Yet, that Holy Spirit, anyone that's encountered Him, knows He's more real than anything we've touched. So, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for building this connection that we can see afar off.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, I just want to touch on a a couple things real quick just before we close, and I'm thankful Jim brought what he brought there uh, just to to truly understand uh, the heart of God behind this. And so I just want to share out of Romans 6 real quick. Uh, If you want to turn there, I'm going to read from verse 6 to the end. And uh, we're just going to touch on this for a minute because one of the things... That uh, we were talking about just before we came in here, actually, and I still feel it really strongly is for some of us, we are so sin conscious. And as we are talking, I almost felt we are situational conscious as well. We get very focused on our situations, and what God is saying is, He wants us more God conscious. He wants us to focus on Him, to be in His presence, and to do the very thing that Jim is talking about here of calling on the name of the Father. Getting before him in worship, whether that's on a Sunday or at home, and realizing that the more we draw closer to the Father, he begins to shift and change our heart from the inside. And that's such an amazing thing because I think for some of us, we're in this whole thing of looking at our sin or our situation, and if I just do this, and if I just do that, and if I do this, it'll change. Well, I'll ask you this question. How's that going for you? The reality is we know it just doesn't work because in our own strength, we are not able to shift or change any of that. We might have success for a short time, but eventually we will fall back into something if it's in our strength because ultimately it comes down to us coming before the Father and watching how the Father comes in and transforms our heart, changes our thinking, and shifts everything about us. Now in Romans uh, verse 6, it says this, though. It says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. I love that statement. That we are no longer slaves of sin. That's done with. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, that was ended. You're not a slave to sin anymore. Well, we're going to read a little further along and see what we are a slave to. It says in verse 7, For he who has died has been freed Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, but that you should obey in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." What then, shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the ones slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God, be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of what? Righteousness. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to our situations, but we are slaves to righteousness. We are slaves to our Father in heaven. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness, And of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, that's powerful to realize something. You were once slaves to sin, but no longer. But ultimately, you have a choice to make each and every day. You can choose to make sin your master. You can choose to make your situation your master. You can give all the power to your sin and to your situations, and for too long we've done that. Day after day, we give our situation the power. It's too hard. I can't do it. One of the things that I declare every single day now is I am no longer a slave to sin. And I'm not a slave to my situation. Regardless of what it is, I know the outcome. If I continue to pursue the king, I know the outcome. He will change me from the inside. He will change who I am. He will draw me closer to him, and in fact, he will make me more like him. No more guilt. No more shame, because he is the one who transforms this poppy right here. He is the one who does it. And so we have one response, and it's that one thing. We're waiting for that quick fix. Can I just go to the altar once and everything changes? Can I make that one decision in my life and everything changes? No. No. Every day we come before the Father. We get filled daily. We need Him daily. We need to draw on Him daily. That's what He wants. Because guess what? Sin will still knock at your doorstep. You will still be influenced. You all know this. It happens every single day. And there are days where you partner with it, and there are days where you choose not to. And God is saying, as you draw closer to me, those days where you partner with sin will be fewer. That's what I want, because we all hate those moments, don't we? So we have one response to draw closer and closer to the Father until we die. That's it. It's about Jesus. We are a slave to him, and we are a willful slave to the Father. We all understand that, right? The whole bond-servant concept. We are proud of our master. In fact, we choose to make him our master, and we choose to be his bond-slave. Our choice. Because we know he's a good God. Amen? Amen. Amen.
3: As I was getting up this morning, and uh, missing my wife beyond comprehension, Um i had that thing that you have when you get up in the morning and you feel my what a selfish sinful ugly person i am and uh often when i'm getting out of bed in the morning like you're still sleepy enough that the lord can just put stuff right in there and he and he did that i suddenly had a vision of a little girl uh playing out in the driveway in the mud and stuff at my place, because you know, until we get gravel, it'll be like that. And uh, she had her Sunday dress on, but she had a pair of rubber boots on. And as soon as I saw that, I realized exactly what the Lord was saying to me that all she has to do to come into the house is just stop at the door and kick her rubber boots off. And she comes in clean because all the mud is on her rubber boots. In a perfect world, <laughs> and uh like this is how like it seems too easy, right? like it seems like really, that's all I have to do, and like uh yes, that's all we have to do. It's so remarkably beautiful that I can just stop at the door and kick off my rubber boots and and enter into the presence of the lord both jesse and i um we share that in that uh we're naturally bad jesse quite a bit worse than me but still and our wives are from quite a religious background and they often get irritated because we you know Screw up really badly with me it 's my anger thing. you know I, kno- I i keep it in the closet. nobody knows i 'm an angry person but but I am and uh so just before a prayer meeting i 'll snap and get really stupid and ugly, and the Lord has given me that ability to kick off my rubber boots and enter into the presence of the Lord, and that irritates my wife and and Jesse was talking about how he has the same experience and. And we need to do that. We need to do that ourselves, and we need to have grace for people who can easily do that. Otherwise, prayer meetings will be very boring because we'll all be just sitting here in our guilt and in our sin and feeling really bad about ourselves. And uh, so, Lord, uh, we just somehow we grab a hold of this that all I have to do is stop at the door and kick off my muddy boots. Somehow, we enter into this this mercy and grace of Christ that flows down to us through that sacrifice of Christ, oh Lord, we just wash we just allow you to wash our feet, Lord. we just allow we just allow you, Lord, to move that thing over us, that simplicity of just. Kicking off what we've been in and moving into what you have for us.
1: God help us with this. You know, Jesse shared a great illustration earlier in service. It's that whole concept, you know, if I'm dirty and I try to smear it off with my hands, it just gets all over. And ultimately you've got to get in the shower to get clean. And it's that thing, you know, we don't want to come to church. We don't we need to. Yes. We need to get in the shower. We need to get in the presence of God. It's the only thing we can do in fact so we have to and that's why regardless if we've got anger issues or whatever our issue is and if this morning even before we came in here it's manifested itself you came to the right place because we need to be in the presence of the father right and whatever your thing is that needs to be your response to get into the presence of god So, Father God, I pray that we wouldn't be so sin conscious and we wouldn't be so uh, situationally conscious, but we would focus on you and give our attention fully to you in everything, God. Because you are the way, you are the truth, you are the light. And, God, you are the solution to everything, and we just love you and you are faithful. And so, God, speak to our hearts, and may we draw closer to you this week. Closer than we drawed draw last week, God. And may we continue that week by week, getting closer and closer to the Father. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.